Reading of the Passion, Part 2. When they had sung a hymn, he went out, and, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. Then Jesus said to them, You will all be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all the others deny you, I will never deny you. Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you that this night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter said more vehemently, If I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others said likewise. They went over the brook Kidron and came to a place which was called Gethsemane. There was a garden there, and he went into it with his disciples. Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. And when he was at the, at the place, he said to them, Sit down here while I go on ahead and pray. Pray that you do not enter into temptation. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be full of sorrow and turmoil. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Wait here and watch with me. He went on a little from them, about a stone's throw. He fell on his face and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. An angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and he prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In agony, he prayed more earnestly, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. His sweat fell on the ground like great drops of blood. When he got up from prayer, he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, your will be done. When he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. He left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Look, the one who betrays me is here. Even while he was saying this, Judas, one of the twelve, came with a detachment and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees. They came to the place with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went out to them and said, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, had taken his stand with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom do you seek? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I told you that I am he. If I am the one you seek, then let these others go. This was to fulfill the word he had spoken, Of those you gave me, I have lost none. 
Now he that was betraying Jesus had given them a sign saying, The one whom I shall kiss, that is he, seize him and be sure to take him away securely. He went straight up to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? They came then and laid their hands on Jesus and took him. When those who were about him saw what would happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus answered, No more of that. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. All all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Do you imagine that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? The cup which my Father has given me, shall I not drink of it? Then Jesus said to the chief priests and the captains of the temple, and the elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a thief with swords and clubs to take me? When I was with you day after day teaching in the temple, you did not lay your hands on me. But this is your hour and the hour of the power of darkness. All this has happened that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. There was a certain young man who followed along. He had only a linen cloth about his naked body. They laid hold on him, but he slipped out of the linen cloth and fled away naked. Then the detachment and its captain and the officers of the Jews seized Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. Now Caiaphas was the one who gave counsel to the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. This, O Lord, have mercy on us. Our Old Testament reading for this evening is from Genesis chapter 39. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except yourself, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her or to be with her. 
But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that, he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house. She called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that, I lifted up my voice and cried out. He left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, This is the way your servant treated me, his anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 22nd chapter. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. And he said to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? They said, nothing. He said to them, but now let the one who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack. And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, Lord, look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. O Lord, have mercy on us.
mercy and peace to you from God our Father our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who gives and who strengthens our faith the words for our sermon this evening are from uh, the Old Testament reading of Genesis chapter 39 that we have just read Luther calls it a miracle of miracles that Joseph didn't lose hope that Joseph doesn't lose faith that Joseph doesn't give in to the temptation and lose his virginity in a shameful and wicked sin. It is a miracle of miracles. Let's not forget that Joseph really was just a boy, or was he a man? He was just 17 years old when his brothers sold him to the Ishmaelites. And we aren't told how old Joseph is or was by the time that he rose uh, to prominence in the house of Potiphar. Let's say that he celebrated a birthday somewhere along the line. Let's assume that he's 18. We know that he's a handsome fellow. We saw that in the text tonight. And we also know that he has the kind of character and faith and wisdom that few men of any age possess. The devil is attacking Joseph on two different fronts. On the one hand, the devil is tempting him to doubt and despair and defeat, leading him to conclude that he's been forgotten and forsaken by God, even as he was betrayed by his own brothers. 
how easy it would have been for Joseph to abandon the faith that he had been taught by his father. How easy it would have been to give in to despair and depression or to be consumed by hatred for his betraying brothers. As if that's not enough, his boss's wife is trying to seduce him on a daily basis. It would have been so easy to give in to that temptation. So easy for Joseph to justify a sexual adventure. What harm would there be? Who would ever know? Luther expressed it this way. Joseph spurns and rejects an opportunity so convenient and so full of safety, power, favor, and pleasure. But Joseph does not waver. He calls adultery what it is. He calls sexual immorality what it is. He says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? From where does Joseph, 18-year-old Joseph, get this strength and clarity of character? How does he so clearly differentiate between right and wrong? Well, please bear in mind, he's got no sixth commandment, no catechism to consult, no pastor to preach to him. The two tablets of stone on Mount Sinai are still over 450 years in the future. And Luther's catechism is more than 3,000 years down the line. Nor can Joseph just crack open his Bible for strength and guidance to sustain him in his time of trial. There was no Bible written yet. All Joseph has is the law of God written in his heart and the promises of God passed down from his father. And yet, with only those little crumbs to draw upon. Miracle of miracles. Faith reigns in the heart of this young man. 2,000 years before the Apostle Paul would implore the Christians at Corinth to flee from sexual immorality because their bodies were temples of the Holy Spirit, Joseph here in this time fled from sexual immorality, recognizing that his body indeed was a temple of the Holy Spirit. This has all been written down and recorded for you, and it's being preached and proclaimed for you, because the temptations to sexual immorality and adultery are Everywhere today. Everywhere. Potiphar's wife, with her promises of sex and sin without consequences, she's everywhere. She's on your television screen and on your computer screen. She's in your phone. Your phone that never leaves your side and happily hides all your secrets. You see, the devil never quits. Never quits never eases up, never stops seeking to violate your chastity and destroy 
your faith. And so this episode from the life of Joseph comes to confront us here tonight. And we know that this episode is true, that it really happened because of the Bible's brutal honesty. Because Joseph's great faith and his steadfast refusal to sin did not result in applause or accolades and promotions. Instead, no good deed goes unpunished. And so things go from bad to worse for Joseph. Out of the frying pan and into the fire. And Joseph descends into the hell of prison. Now, if that's what happened to Joseph, whose faith and life were above reproach in every way, should not we expect far worse? With our faltering faith and our sin-filled lives, we should indeed expect nothing but temporal and eternal punishment were it not for our new and greater Joseph, Jesus. Jesus is our new and greater Joseph. He was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus took on the temptations of a thousand wives of Potiphar and never, ever took the bait never did what would have been convenient or easy or pleasurable. Why not? Because he battled temptation for you. He did so as your sacred substitute. Where you fail, he succeeds. Where you stumble, he stands firm. Where you are weak, He is strong. And miracle of miracles. Jesus undertakes a great exchange with you. He takes your guilt and gives you his innocence. He bears your sin and absolves you of everything. He drinks deeply from the cup of God's wrath against your sin so that you might sample the sweet wine that is his blood, shed once for you, for the forgiveness of all your sins. He takes your punishment and dies your death, so that you might die to sin and rise again to everlasting life. Just like Joseph, Jesus humbled himself and made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a slave. Just like Joseph, Jesus went around doing good in all things, preaching the gospel, casting out demons, cleansing lepers, giving sight to the blind, feeding the hungry, stilling the storms, and even raising the dead. But for Jesus, just like Joseph, there'd be no applause or accolades or promotions. No good deed would go unpunished for this good man. 
Shouts of Hosanna would give ways to cries, crucify him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. And as we see tonight, one of his own betrays him with a kiss. So it goes for Jesus. So it goes for Joseph. And so it goes for you. When Jesus, like Joseph, takes on temptation, it is for you. (coughs) This world will little note nor long remember the times when you stand firm against temptation. When you, by the grace of God, lead a sexually pure and decent life in what you say and do. When you say no to sin and yes to the Lord Jesus, who loves you and gave himself for you. The angels may be rejoicing, but the cheers won't reach your ears. Luther says this, you must never hope the world will acknowledge your faithfulness and diligence, for it does the opposite. Like Joseph, your good conduct could even land you in prison, or worse. But, miracle of miracles, you are precious to the Lord Jesus Christ. In holy baptism, he has made your body to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. You belong to the Lord, body and soul, redeemed by Christ the crucified. Amen.